Welcome to Shilkill, a unique fusion of finance and mystery, where we pair a crypto with a crime every week. Follow for more, and if you haven't already, pull the trigger and subscribe. The Avalanche blockchain and the Jody Arias case, that's quite the crypto and crime combination, but I've got that next for you here on Shillkill, where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time. I'm Chip Mahoney. This is Shillkill, a unique fusion of finance and mystery. This is the audio version, but if you want the video version, you can get that on Spotify, YouTube, and other places. So if you want to see Bunch of flashing lights and my mug up close. I guess you can do that. Spotify and the rest. Otherwise, here in the audio, going to give you more details. And also, when I'm done talking about Avalanche and Jody Arias, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, investing in that for the first time if you are someone new to crypto. I have a lot of true crime listeners, but if you're new to crypto, stick around for that. It's a very conservative approach. Not financial advice, but you don't want to miss it because crypto right now is picking up again. It's getting excited. 1.5 trillion market cap time of this recording. Bitcoin doing really well. And that's something I think can reach its all time high again before the end of 2023. My prediction, the spot ETFs for Bitcoin, Ethereum are incoming. Traditional finance is getting involved. They're going to get theirs. They always do. How do you get yours? I've got that for you. So I'm talking Avalanche, something you don't want to miss out on either. And then Jody Arias, a very important true crime case. And yes, I will weave in blockchain to that somehow, some way, because that's what I do here with my unique fusion of finance and mystery, my unique selling point you won't get anywhere else. So like, subscribe, follow, come back for more. I have more for you every week here on Shield Kill. That's the idea. Avalanche blockchain, wow, up 70% in the last week. Now a top 10 crypto project, all of crypto, just got into the number 10 spot, time of this recording. Started out the year right around $12, $14. I remember trading for that. Now about $35 a share. Very impressive. What is it? What do I tell you about? Well, it's one of my favorites. I think it's very important project, something that I would consider a consolidator. The way that I think about blockchain, I kind of see it as search engines of 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you had Google and hundreds of other search engines that people did use. Fast forward today, just Google, 95% of all search. I see that with blockchain, especially with traditional finance coming in to Web3 uh, in getting theirs with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the rest. What does traditional finance do? Well, banks buy other banks. So one day you go to the bank, withdraw your cash, go back the next month, it's a different bank. Same physical location, just a different bank. That's what they do. And here with blockchain, I kind of see it the same way. 
avalanche i feel can be around in the future where all those other blockchains either go sideways out of business or get consolidated into the mountain i see that with avalanche it's a proof of stake consensus how they run the blockchain now bitcoin is proof of work so it's slower avalanche very fast very efficient very cost effective so in the centralized world of Coinbase, where they have Avalanche and other top projects, then a lot of traditional finance knows about them already. But in DeFi, decentralized finance, doing stuff on DEXs, trading for tokens you might not have heard of, using Avalanche blockchain to facilitate everything from that to NFTs to whatever you want. Very trustworthy, very efficient, and runs smart contracts for pennies on the US dollar. So awesome project, very big top 10 project right now. I mean, it just went from like 13 to 10 and maybe you can get in the top five. I think it really could do that. A lot of wallet addresses, uh, a lot of total value locked on the blockchain. Very impressive. So I consider it a consolidator and I also consider it something that can onboard the masses into Web3 because the masses need to know more about crypto and how to use it. Essentially, blockchains are peer-to-peer -peer networks. That's really what you're doing. Smart contracts are a way of doing business without having third parties that um, exclude others. So it's very inclusive. But onboarding the masses into Web3, getting them used to doing business that way, I think AVAX Avalanche can be a leader in that category especially with their partnerships they have an amazon partnership i see them doing that uh, they might be the walmart of blockchains in the future you know if you had a business you either go out of business or you put on a walmart jersey or whatever they wear there because you start working for them home depot stuff like that and i see that with avalanche so maybe that is the case for the future Another case for true crime is Jody Arias. That is a famous case. Uh, it's been on movies and TV. Why? Because Jody was crazy. Yeah, she was. She had multiple versions of what had happened, what she told the cops, but ultimately she murdered the boyfriend, Travis Alexander. This happened in 2008. This was before Bitcoin even was a thing before Bitcoin even started. Because back then, nobody knew what Bitcoin was. They didn't know what crypto was. They didn't know what blockchain was. Hadn't been adopted into modern society. It takes time. So back then, 2008, Travis Alexander had Jody as one of his women, and he had others out there he was stringing along as well. But he didn't know that Jody wasn't having anything to do with that. This guy, Travis, was playing with fire and his day of reckoning came in 2008. Uh, and I think it was earlier in the year from what I remember, but it was in Mesa, Arizona. And at his house, he was murdered. Multiple stab wounds, slashed throat, and Jody even put a bullet in his head after the fact because she wasn't going to be strung along like all the rest. She wasn't having anything to do with that. Totally premeditated. And it took a lot of time, money, and effort to get to the truth to put her away. Ultimately, they took death off the table 
because in Arizona for murder, they will put you to death. Um, but they took it off the table and she got life for the murder of Travis Alexander. And I do believe that the guy, when he was killed, had no idea it was coming. I think he was totally relaxed. She had caught him off guard. She was like that, but she had set this guy up to be the most vulnerable at that time of his murder. So a lot of evidence and different versions. First, Jody said she wasn't there. Next, she said that, uh, well, it was a home invasion. After that, she had to fight against her attacker, which was Travis. So she had multiple versions of what was going on, multiple statements, a lot of evidence, and it takes a lot of time to get to the truth of what really happened. Well, like I said, it was mainly because, yeah, she was crazy and she was capable of doing something like this, but he didn't know that she was capable. He was just playing the field and he had a lot of girls he was probably doing the same thing with. But once he came across Jody, it's kind of like a love triangle in a way where, yeah, there probably wasn't one specific person, but she didn't want to be treated like that or have him uh, be with somebody else. So that's kind of how I see it as well. So it's sort of like a love triangle in a way to think about it. But ultimately, he was playing with fire and that's what they eventually figured out. But they didn't have blockchain. Obviously, no one knew what that was. And will it be a part of the future? Will it be integrated into true crime? I can totally see it happening. Uh, something like Avalanche blockchain, if it onboards the masses, then the investigative side, the legal side can get used to um, having something like blockchain to their advantage, whether it's uh, tracking evidence, statements, the changing of statements, and getting the information to the right people as fast as possible. I can totally see that happening. It's just a matter of when that will happen. Because one thing's for sure, there will be cases like this in the future. There will be love triangles in the future because a love triangle is where somebody kills two people involved and sometimes kills himself. That's going to happen in the future. But with Avalanche, when you're running smart contracts and you're doing the business that they do on the, the proof of stake or the Avalanche consensus, as they call it, you can also run subnets. Subnets will allow for these channels for the right people in a channel or a subnet to share information. So investigative side can share information with the, the right authorities there. Legal side, same thing, anything in between. So not only do you have the public ledger, but you have a private or permission-based ledger as well, where that information can be shared with the right people, the statements, changing of statements, photographic evidence, whatever you want, and then the legal side as well, because the ledger is immutable. There's no changing it. There's no anything like that. Nothing can get lost. Nothing can slip through the cracks. And I think when you have somebody like Jody, who seems like a real manipulator, then you've got to have something in your back pocket to use against that. And therefore I see blockchain is totally being able to do that. And something like Avalanche, A, if they have onboard the masses and people are going to be used to what it is, they're going to know what it is. Kind of like they got used to what Google was and they started to find out about it. So if they're used to that and then they can set up subnets in a private manner to share with the right people who are involved, then I think it's a game changer. Because in true crime in the last five years or so, the biggest game changer out there has been genetic genealogy. I think blockchain can also 
change the game as well. And even integrating genetic genealogy, how they track that, however they do that, that could be really amazing. So something like Jody, when she says that she wasn't there, and then she says it was a home invasion, and then she says she was abused by Travis and had to fight back. I think it can save a lot of time, money, and effort, and maybe it could even prevent these things in the future if people know that what they're up against, because now they know that they're up against genetic genealogy, that a cold case isn't going to go cold uh, probably too long. It's not going to go 40 or 50 years. It's going to get solved if there is that DNA or even eDNA in the future, which is DNA floating through the air. That's going to be a thing. So this could be another weapon against that. And AVAX could be a leader, as I said, onboarding the masses is something that people could use because you want it to be legitimized and you want people to say, okay, this is something that we could put in our, our uh, legal side or investigative side because we trust it because it's so big. It's one of those players that has, has stuck around. It's the Google of Web3. And once that happens, then you will start to see it. That's what I believe. So amazing technology totally tragic case. And there will be cases like this in the future, I, I believe, but maybe not as crazy as Jody because she was, she was certainly a unique case. And I think that's probably why she had so many movies and they make so much a, a big deal about her, but ultimately premeditated and planning and the setup, getting the gun and everything uh, she did to set this up didn't happen overnight. She had planned it. And I believe he was caught off guard and she put him in the most vulnerable position to be totally relaxed, even in the shower before the worst thing that was going to happen to him because it was his last day alive. And she decided that for him months in advance. It wasn't that she got him somewhere else in his car somewhere. She got him in the shower. She got him when he was naked and after he was totally relaxed. She didn't want to be played. He was playing with fire and that's what they got. So what I got for you here, as I end this episode, as I said, Bitcoin, Ethereum, how do you invest in those? If you're a first time person of crypto, they're in the one and two spot. As I said, Avalanche is number 10. Maybe I can go to number five one day, but right now, Bitcoin, Ethereum and traditional finance, they are filing or they have filed the spot ETF uh, applications, which is a exchange traded fund uh, through the Securities and Exchange Commission, those guys. But once those are approved, then people like Franklin Templeton that run those investments, BlackRock, they can have huge investors take on Bitcoin without having to invest in it directly. That's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to be huge. There's 21 million Bitcoins out there and 1.5 million of them or so are left available because 19.5 million about have been acquired. They're already in wallets. So 40 billion worth US dollars of Bitcoin approximately. That can be uh, swallowed up rather quickly by pension funds or massive investors through these spots. And that's really important. So a Bitcoin could be worth a hundred thousand sooner than later, Ethereum, one Ethereum, 20,000 sooner or later. 
If you're first timer to crypto, then I would say going on Coinbase, investing in Bitcoin that way is going to be rather easy for you to do because that's uh, like traditional finance, like Charles Schwab or anywhere else. You can buy a stock. They're going to take the money out of your bank account, put it to your portfolio. Easy peasy. But I would look at it like this. I would invest in Bitcoin at 1%. So whatever it's trading at, if it goes to 50,000 at the end of the month, I would put $500 in Bitcoin. Do that every month, whatever it's trading at 1%. Once it reaches 100,000, that 100,000 watermark, then I would scale back the investment to half of 1%. Because it's not how much you invest, but that you don't miss out. It's an excellent investment. That's why traditional finance, the biggest players there are, are getting involved to take it. How do you take yours? Take it at 1%. Same with Ethereum. If it's trading at, uh, let's say $2,000 right now, then that's $20. And then 3,000 next month, if the value for one Ethereum is 3,000, then $30. Do that up to 20,000 as a watermark and then scale back to half of 1%. So once they reach those 1% at a hundred thousand on Bitcoin, 1%, 20,000 Ethereum, then look at altcoin projects that are related to both Bitcoin and Ethereum. There are some out there, and that way you can get involved in the alternative market, those projects that can 10, 20x, maybe even 50x in the future because they're related to those two. So you don't miss out on the top projects. So you don't necessarily have to think of Ethereum right away, but definitely Bitcoin. Think of it like that, especially if you're a first timer. That's the message. This is for you. First time conservative, conservative approach, because even if you had 40 grand to buy one Bitcoin, you're going to be fine with that. But this way you can put in 1% scale back to half of 1% after a hundred thousand, you're still going to be involved and you're not going to miss out. Don't miss out. So thanks for not missing out on this episode. Really important avalanche, Jody Arias. That's a way of introducing blockchain for the future because genetic genealogy has changed true crime. I think blockchain will change true crime as well. Maybe when AI, blockchain, and genetic genealogy have a love triangle in true crime, then so much of this stuff will go away or maybe just save a lot of time, money, and heartache because there's a lot of heartache there. Well, thanks for sticking around with me. I'll have more for you next week on Show Kill, where I pair crypto and a crime at the same time, a unique fusion of finance and mystery. But until then, I'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. Goodbye.